My name is Josh Peck, host of Peck Report on Daily Renegade. I used to suffer with chronic pain from a degenerative bone disease. I was hopelessly addicted to opioids without any end in sight. But then I discovered Kratom and CBD. I am no longer on prescription drugs and I have more energy and pain relief than ever before. Kratom and CBD have given me my life back without draining my bank account. If you too would like some minor to major pain relief, Kratom and CBD might be for you. Either click on the links in the description below this video or go to dailyrenegade.com on the top left banner or right side ad and check out Tropic Health Kratom and CBD. Use promo code HEALTH20 for 20% off your order and get your life back today. Welcome, everybody. The Christian Marauder here. Did you know hell has invaded the church? And many in the church don't seem to know jack about it. Well, today we're going to look at this and more. But before we begin, for those watching on YouTube, please note that you will only be able to watch part of the show. With that, be sure to become a member of the Daily Renegade, where you can watch this show and all the other shows without interruption, like the Peck Report like Apollo Nearing with Seth McVeigh. Uh, how about Get Real with Cody Peck? We hear, um, you know, this show, for example. You know, you even have Gary Wayne, the author of the Genesis 6 conspiracy here, called The Christian Contrarian, doing his show. You have Ryan Peterson, who wrote about the Nephilim, and he talks of Bible prophecy in the show Beginning and the End. You have The Radical Christian, which I like, with Drew Graffa. And you have Beauty in the Bible and Moms and Miracles. You have Through the Black Uncensored and so much more on the Daily Renegade. I tell you, you have a lot of stuff. You have articles. So please don't forget that you can become part of something new and help build up the Daily Renegade and help Josh Peck set up a Christian platform in case, and you heard the routine, social media pulls the plug again. But social media can pull the plug anytime. In order to not to do that, we got to have a Christian platform. So you can help build a Christian platform by becoming a member of the Daily Renegade for $10 a month or $100 a year. And you will hear all the uninterrupted shows on the Daily Renegade website on the topics that interest you. How do I do that? Well, just click on the link below. Well, as you're watching this, you'll see the link below and click on it and become a member today. Have you heard of this old nursery rhyme found on public domain? Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack jumped over the candlestick. I bet you heard that. Some of you like me sang that when you were a little kid, right? So goes that old nursery rhyme. But there's more to the story than meets the eye. For instance, Jack was a popular minister in the Christian church. And as he jumped back and forth over the candlestick, a huge, large crowd gathered around him cheering. 
Jack's jumping prowess at how he could jump so high and over the flaming candlestick and never knock it down. Isn't that amazing, they shouted. Isn't it amazing? And then a stranger, an old geezer, came up to the group and asked, Why is Jack jumping over this candlestick? Which earned the reply, You don't know Jack. Taken aback, the stranger simply replied, But I know something about candles. This comes from an old game described in, in a 1912 book called Games for Halloween by Mary F. Blaine that gives the reasons why people jump over a flaming candlestick and explains and unlocks this nursery rhyme here and helps explain how hell has invaded the churches. She writes, and I quote, The idea of the game was to place a lighted candle in the middle of the floor. Everyone jumps over it. And whoever succeeds in clearing the candle is guaranteed a happy year, free of trouble or anxiety. But he who knocks the candle over will have 12 months of woe. And that's an end quote from that book. So, brothers and sisters, that sounds like the prosperity in a lot of church growth formulas, right? Keep jumping over that candlestick. You're guaranteed prosperity and you're guaranteed success that we hear in many churches today. Well, I got to tell you, folks, the church doesn't know jack about how the world of the occult has infiltrated and how hell has invaded the church, does it? This infiltration began at the fall a man, when humanity's first parents stood by a tree of knowledge of good and evil, listening to a talking snake, then it got worse by the time of Genesis chapter 6, when that great conspiracy conspired against humanity so God would wipe humanity off the face of the earth. Then it continued on into the Old Testament, where Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the prophets talked about those who do things in secret, inside of all places, the temple, where they worship the sun, they bow to the east, they made cakes for the queen of heaven. So it continues in the church today, as mentioned by Jesus, Paul, Peter, and John, where they mention the doctrines of demons, where they talk about people departing the faith, where they're deceivers and false prophets and apostasy and things getting big time worse in the latter times, the latter days. So the crowd gathered around Jack, watching Jack jump over the candlestick, singing all in unison, Yeah, go Jack, go! Go Jack, go! Jack be nimble! Jack be quick! Please teach us to jump over the candlestick! Folks, there are three methods that describe how the occult world of the New Age movement got inside the church. The first arrived by the doctrines of demons sent to influence the church, and how the doctrines of demons influence the church are taken up in the next two steps. Let's look at those. The first doctrines of demons came to in order to make what I call sour persimmon Christianity. You heard me right, sour persimmon Christianity, where people are harsh and cold, everybody is mean-spirited, and they're brow beaters. They take their 85, 155-pound Schofield Bibles and beat you over the head with it. You know the types. The sour persimmon Christians, they're never happy. They're always grumpy, right? And this actually serves the purpose of the doctrines of demons to make Christians all sour persimmon-like. Why? Because it feeds human nature to rebel. Because what happens when people rebel against this? They are willing to jump over the candlestick right into the third part of the doctrines of demons that teach us that we need to shed 
the old sour persimmon Christianity for the new. How? By devaluing the Bible. You know, it's, the Bible's okay for a few quotes here and there, but it's outdated. Its message is outdated. It's browbeating. It teaches the same old thing. There's no excitement. It's boring. It's boring in church. You heard that? What we need is new revelations. And we need new light. We need a new flame. And God is going to give us this new flame. Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Please, please teach us to jump over the candlesticks, says the large crowd gathering around Jack. Well, this old man just stood there watching the crowd, and he watched Jack jump. Then the guy next to him shouted, Oh, what a powerful man of God! He sure can jump. That old, cold, harsh Bible, thank the Lord for jumping Jack. No more harsh doctrines. Teach us more fire. Teach us more power. Teach us more signs and wonders. Folks, in the world of exhortaic understanding, a flame represents illumination, secret knowledge. To the Wiccans, as revealed in crystallinks.com slash candles, which I quote here, the flame represents the source of our creation, one's inner light. It speaks to us of the soul spark that is above and below, within and without, that which links us all together, originating from the same source of thought, consciousness. You can give power and magical qualities to the flame, but the energies come from your consciousness. And that's from this link, crystallinks.com slash candles, HTML. Man, that quote reminds me of the Lord's Prayer that's translated from the Message Bible out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 through 13, where it says, Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are, set the world right, do what's best as above and below. Now the occult phrase above and below means the blending together of two realities that comes about when what is above communicates to that which is below, and that which is below communicates to that which is above, to accomplish the miracle of the one thing. That one thing known in occult circles means this, the overthrow of the old order by creating chaos in order to create a utopian pipe dream. And I bet you didn't know that this is brought out in the Message Bible. The Message Bible also contains the same occult phrases as above, as below, within, and without in Ephesians chapter 4. I bet you also didn't realize that the Message Bible also translates Lord Jesus as Master Jesus. That is a New Age term. Master Jesus is a New Age term that refers to an ascended master, a fallen angel, another Jesus. It's not the real Jesus. Don't be fooled by the Message Bible. This is a New Age written Bible. Christians will, will read it one way, and the New Age people will see the obvious, what its intent is for. Okay? So as you can see, above as below, and so below as above, everything is turned topsy-turvy until a new world order is achieved. Look at the Message Bible in verse 10. He handed out gifts above and below. Look at verse 13. Until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without. New age occult ideology within the message bible folks it's all through it this above and below stuff is dictated by fallen spiritual entities from above and below to those alive on planet earth to blend humanity into the plan 
the plan of Lucifer to overthrow God and set up his kingdom above all. In fact, folks, occultist Alice Bailey writes how this is accomplished by infiltrating the church in her book, Treaties on White Magic, by infesting three groups of people to make above and below, within and without, agree with the one thing of overthrowing God's order of goodness, mercy, grace, and righteousness. So let's look at this treaties, and you'll see the first group of Christians here. And it, and it writes, Such are the majority of Christians, for instance, in the churches, these knowing not the laws of occultism and only sensing the inner truth, work the broad lines of preparation. They are aided by bands of lesser divas and angels who suggest and guide and control. Let me unpack this for you. The first group of people are defined in this treatise on white magic are those that are used covertly to flip the majority of Christians who do not know the principles of occultism, who are tricked to use occult truth that are given by lesser divas. These are fallen entities who suggest secret knowledge in order to guide and control people to create that Luciferian utopia on earth before the Master Jesus can return and take it all over. Next, in the Treatise of on White Magic, Alice Bailey refers to the second group who consist of a type of small cadre of Christian leaders that are bonded together who will disseminate these ideas from the fallen watchers concerning social reform, humanitarian regeneration, and a need for a new form of church leadership. And these individuals will be guided by higher divas, these are fallen spirits, to guide them. They're called the blue and yellow spirit guides. And the first group of Christians, which we talked about earlier, are guided by the blue and rose diva, or spirit guides. Well, what does all that mean? Well, the colors of the spirit guide refers to Alice Bailey's seven rays of light and Blavatsky's as well which represents the seven ascendant masters who shine their light of knowledge to humanity to teach them things their colors represent something the colors refer to the light and sound vibrations needed to move the hearts of the people to conform to what the colors mean so let's look at what the colors mean it's by looking at the quote now I'm, and i am going to insert the meanings here they're guided by higher diva spirit guides to guide them, the blue spirit guides who dispense blue rays of occult wisdom, and yellow diva spirit guides who dispense activity to make people adaptable and compliant to occult ideas. As the first group or the former group are guided by the blue rays of occult wisdom and the rose, which is the will and power of Luciferianism. Now let's look at the third group in Alice's Bailey Treaty on White Magic on page 188. Here she refers to a third cadre small group who stand behind the other true groups pulling the strings. These are the super leaders, the super elites who are advanced occultists who know what they are doing. And I quote from the Treaties of White Magic here on page 188. It says, back of them stands the still more advanced, the aspirants, the probationers, the d disciples of the world. They work singularly or in twos or threes and never in groups exceeding nine. The occult significance of the numbers uh, being necessary to the success of their work. Great white and gold divas settle their labors. Both the gold and white divas are fallen angels. What they do is inspire these leaders to work together in reshaping the mentality of the other two groups of Christians below them 
to rhythmically work together to bring forth the occult Messiah's order. In other words, prepare the way so this false Messiah can return to earth and, and they just end up handing it over to him and get great rewards with it. Sound familiar? These folks are the super elite class of leaders that are rising up which in the book of Revelations calls the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. They lord it over the laity, folks. They lord, lord it over the laity. So now let's compare what I just read with the Message Bible. Let's look at how the Message Bible translates Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10 and 13. And I quote from the Message Bible. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with his gifts, filled earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor teacher to train christians in skilled servant work working within christ's body the church now folks i'm going to stop here look at how the occult has twisted bible verses in a new translation right in front of christians in order to recruit them well folks don't believe me let's look at alice bailey's treatise on white magic page 188 and i quote on the physical plane without any exertaic organization ceremonials or outer form there is an integrating silently and steadily and powerfully a group of men and women who will supersede and eventually the previous hierarchical effort they will supersede all churches all groups all organizations and will eventually constitute that oligarchy of elect souls who will govern and guide the world now let's get back to the message bible and take notice of what it says here how new agey the message bible is and how this occult infiltration is coming into the church let's look at ephesians chapter 4 12 from the message bible and i quote to train christians in skilled servant work working within christ's body the church until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other efficient and graceful in response to god's son fully mature adults fully developed within and without that's that occult phrase fully alive like christ this means filled with the christ consciousness if you understand new age movement stuff well folks it's truly jack be nimble jack be quick will teach us how to jump over the candlestick right well folks how is it that so many in ministry have come to accept jumping over the flames of hidden occultic knowledge so it can be as above so below and within and without just like this person wrote in the Message Bible. We have to have a discernment in the church because hell is invading it. Why would they put fully alive, fully divine, within and without in this text, huh? Why would they, they want an establishment of an elite breed of new Christians leading the world to a new golden age so Christ can even return? Why do they want this? What's, what's going on in the church? Why doesn't anybody discern? Why doesn't anybody question this? Well, folks, you know what? The doctrines of demons came and made the church first all sour and mean, so that in due season the people in God's house would rebel as human nature is prone to do in order to travel the easy street so they can live on a brighter, better avenue just off Merlin Way, accessible by Exit 11, just off Secret Revelation Interstate 13. How did the church get where it's at today? Jumping over the occultic candlestick and justifying it whose flame is the occultic knowledge meant for attainment of welding power. 
while it came long ago by the same entities who ruined humanity in Genesis 6, who taught it was okay inside the temple to worship gods of the planet stars and those fallen angels, and they made cakes for them to the Queen of Heaven, all in secret. These dark arts were passed on later in the 1500s by a guy named John Dee, and then on into more modern times like occultist Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey was born 1880 and died 1946. I'll give you a few facts about Alice Bailey. She had many visions and encounters with angel guides and so forth and visitations. She would be very popular in Christian churches today, I tell you. Like I said last time, I spoke on the spiritual warfare gifts. She spoke like a Christian, but she was heavily involved in the occult. She talked like a snake to deceive the church to take the bait. It's basically what she did. She's the one that coined the New Age movement, also coining the phrase New World Order. She penned 24 books and numerous writings by means of channeling, most likely channeled by a fallen watcher, a fallen angel. She and her husband founded Lucifer Publishing Company. Like I said last time, after three years of, of, of publishing under that name, they changed the title because people didn't like the name Lucifer, so they put it to Lucas Publishing Company. In 1923, with the help of her husband, Foster Bailey, Alice Bailey founded the New Thought Luciferian School called the Arcane School to dispense her Ascendant Master's words and ways worldwide. She categorized at least two groups of entities who would help humanity evolve into spiritual supermen and superwomen who would implement the signs and wonders that will verify the doctrines of these beings. One of the group was identified as masters or ascendant masters like Master Jesus. The same Master Jesus that's written about in the Message Bible. That is a New Age Bible. It's not a Christian. Let's call what it is what it is. Get your head out of the sand. These are ascended masters. These are fallen angels. And the others she called divas who are lower rank angels and demonic entities, you know, the Nephilim spirits. And they would teach humanity vibrations of sight and sound from seven rays of light. Well, she taught that these seven rays were the top seven masters whose colors of light, like the rainbow, and the vibrations that came from communicated their will and their ways onto the world and onto people. This was done to pass on the ideas to save the world by higher secret illumination, get everybody to jump over the candlestick to a new utopia. This fits very well with the ancient Canaanite and Mesopotamian top seven deities who decree fates, whose job was to enlighten humanity. Man, I tell you, it's the same thing, the same thing, the same beings that are back in Mesopotamian uh, pantheon and Canaanite pantheon and the Greek pantheon, the top seven are here in Alice Bailey's works called Rays of Light, Rays of occult knowledge to lift you to new heights. Well, anyway, Bailey wanted to create a new religion that would replace the outmoded beliefs and doctrines of Christianity, and she had no problem redefining common words used in Christianity in order to establish a new religion. She wanted a one-world religion. Alice Bailey wrote in The Externalization of the Hierarchy in 1957 Lucas Publishing Company on page 544 and 5. 45. The need to teach another Jesus, a new age Christ. I'm going to try to bring this up online here so you can see it. Okay. Therefore, we have isolated, if I may use such a word, three activities to which the Christ 
is at this time dedicated. She is not talking about Jesus, folks. She's talking about the Ascendant Master, her Ascendant Master, whoever that was. Therefore, she said on page um, 544 and 545 of the externalization of the hierarchy, Therefore, we have isolated, if I may use such a word, three activities in which the Christ is at this time dedicated. The reorganization of the world's religions, if any way possible, so that their out-of-date theologies, their narrow-minded emphasis, and their ridiculous belief that they may know what is in the mind of God may be offset, in order that the churches may eventually be recipients of the spiritual inspiration. End quote. I want to look again. I want to bring this up. Again, notice how the message translations of Ephesians chapter 4.12 reads, To train Christians in skilled servant work, working within Christ's bodies, the church, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive like Christ. That boy, again, back to that occult phrase, within and without. Man, look that up on Google. Search it out. Look what it means for yourself. And I tell you, in Alice Bailey's channel book titled The Reappearance of Christ, in chapter 6, The New World Religion, her spirit guide said this. I want to bring this up here. Today, everywhere people are ready for the light. They are expectant of a new revelation and of a new dispensation. Stop right here. Remember, she wants to get rid of doctrine. She wants to destroy the church. She wants to bring in everything like in a coexisting to make a new religion. And how she does it, she wants the doctrines of demons came in what? They made sour persimmon Christianity in order for the people to rebel and to receive the new light. Now look at chapter 6, a new world religion that her spirit guide said, Today everywhere people are ready for the light. They're expectant of the new revelation and of a new dispensation. Today, slowly the concept of a world religion and the need for its emergence are widely desired and work for the fusion of faiths is now a field for discussion. Workers in the field of religion will formulate the universal platform of the new world religion. Churchmen need to remember that the human spirit is greater than all the churches and greater than their teachings. In the long run, that human spirit will defeat them and proceed triumphantly into the kingdom of God, leaving them far behind unless they enter as a humble part of the mass of men. The churches in the West need also to realize that basically there is only one church, but it is not necessarily the Orthodox Christian institution. God works in many ways through many faiths and religions agencies. This is one reason for the elimination of non-essential doctrines. By emphasizing the essential doctrines and in their union with the fullness of truth be revealed. I'm in quoting that. Has a lot of gobbledygook. Basically, it's just what I said is what I told you about. Destroy sound doctrine. If you have the armor of God on, you have your shield of faith, your shield of faith is to be lifted up against what? Every high thing and argument that comes against the knowledge of God. Those are the fiery darts. This stuff are fiery darts that are being shot at you and in the church hell is invading here and nobody is bothering pick, picking up the shield of faith because they don't water it and their shield is catching on, on fire they're dropping it by the fiery darts they pick up the devil's shield and go oh astral projections cool in the church yoga classes are cool in the church man i tell you the church is getting to be pretty uh, messed up right 
Well, folks, Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack, teach us to jump over the candlestick. Oh, to be ye happy, trouble-free, so great are we. Time to jump over the candlestick. That's what the crowd is saying right now. Well, Alice Bailey said in the book Treaties on White Magic, page 152, Theologies will disappear into the knowledge of God. Doctrines and dogmas will no longer be regarded as necessary for faith. For faith will be based on experience, and authority will give place to personal appreciation of reality. The power of the church over the group will be supplanted by the power of the awakened soul in men. The age of miracles and dispensations as to why and how of those miracles with the consequences of skepticism or agnosticism will give way to the understanding of the laws of nature which, which control the superhuman realm and the supernatural stage of the evolutionary process. Man will enter into his divine heritage and know himself as the son of the father with all the divine characteristics powers and capacities which are his because of his divine endowment but in the meantime what have we a breaking away from old established tradition a revolt from authority the heather of the church of dogma doctrine or theology a tendency toward self-determination an overthrowing of the old standards and the old barriers of thought and the division existing between the races and faith. And I and quote that. I just tell you what. That is such a powerful thing that she's saying here. Do you understand? Do you see this in the church? Because I sure do, folks. I see it happening. I see hell invading it. Um, they want to awaken people. How? With signs and wonders and, and miracles. I'm going to scroll this back up here. Look what it says here. Theologies and just disappear into the knowledge of God. The doctrines and dogmas will no longer be regarded as necessary for faithful based on experience and the reality of the experience. Okay, the power of the church over the group will be supplanted by the power of the awakened soul in the age of miracles and dispensations. Well, folks, you'll see these dark arts, according to Bailey and others, all reveal that this candle flame of illumination is going to be brought in by some other means. Some secret group is going to bring it in. In fact, Alice Bailey names this organization as the Masonic Fraternity. And they will infiltrate and bring new light and doctrines proven by signs and wonder class of believers into a church. You're going to hear this doctrine of signs and wonders, signs and wonders. I'm trying to warn you people, man about what's coming down the pike here. I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm tired of watching the deception in the church. Let's look what Alice Bailey said. I'm quoting from alicebaileyaz.com, I guess that's how you call it. She said that they will infiltrate through the Masonic Temple New Light Doctrines. There's no question, therefore, that the work to be done in familiarizing the general public will be the nature of the mysteries of the, uh, uh, is of paramount importance. At this time, these mysteries will be restored to outer expressions through the medium of the church and the Masonic fraternity. Alice Bailey said the Masonic movement is far more a cult organization than can be realized and is intended to be the training school for the coming advanced occultist and its ceremonies lie hid in the welding of the forces connected with the growth and life of the kingdoms of nature and the unfoldment of the divine aspects of man. End quote. 
Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack jumped over a candlestick. Well, I'm going to show a picture now of a strange gravestone covering a man's tomb. As you, as I talk, you're going to look at this, this gravestone, this, this, this monument built over this man's grave. It is a Masonic pyramid with a phoenix eagle on top. Most likely, this is York Wright you know, masonry. This man was a male chauvinist, misogynist pig. He hated women, yet he taught on love. I think it was quite a contradiction, man. It reminds me of uh, the old Jezebel spirit. They say one thing and do another. This man was a male chauvinist. He hated women with a passion. And yet he talked on loving each other and all that stuff. All this is well documented. He is said by some to be a very powerful Christian man who did amazing signs and wonders, just like Bailey said would arise these people from the Masonic movement who will do and teach the church and infiltrate it how to do signs and wonders, a new age of signs and wonders. People are saying that this was a Christian man who was instrumental in this. This man relied solely on an angel to heal and give him secret information and to be able to do great miracles, all documented, a lot of it verified, a lot of healings took place. He is lauded today as a great general of the faith. In fact, Robert Laredin on God's General YouTube film clips talks, dedicates a whole show to him. Well, folks, this guy's name is William Branham, a man often heard in his messages that can still be heard today. He said these things about the Masonic Order. He said this. I wrote down here, you'll see on here, you'll see the uh, the tapes that I wrote down on. Now, I ain't saying nothing up on the Kiwanis now. That's all right. See, just some people take because I, I believe that the Masons are all right. But the Mason Lodge will never take the place of the church or the blood of Jesus Christ. All my people are Masons. And they're all right as a lodge, but it won't take the place of the church. And the trouble of it is, you got the church till it's no more than a Masonic lodge. That doesn't make sense. Listen to that. And the trouble of it is, you got the church till it's no more than a Masonic lodge. I'm going to read that again. Look at this. I'm going to highlight it for you if you can see it. Right there. And the trouble of it is, you got the church tell us no more than a Masonic lodge or any other lodge. The church is the house of God where Christ lives and manifests himself among his people. That's right. Next, Branham said this about the Masons. You Masons, I call your attention. You remember the sign of the cross? Now, you, you know what I'm talking about. Now, notice. Now, if you, if you notice, that was packing and preserving that Bible. See? And they had to labor among one another. There you are, the ox. Wow. Look what Alice Bailey said. The nucleus of illumination may be accomplished, what? Through the Masonic Lodge. Branham was heard saying this in the 70th week of Daniel in one of his messages. Now, in 1933, we are worshiping over here in the Masonic Temple, where the Church of Christ stands today. Uh, and one April morning before leaving home, I, I was dedicating my car. I got a 33 model car. It was dedicated to the Lord's service. And in a vision, I saw the end time. Now, notice how striking this, this is. Back yonder when I was just a boy, you can imagine what 1933 model car looked like now, what it looked like. And I went over there to the Masonic Temple where 
Some of you old-timers in here remembers I wrote down on an old paper at home. It's already in print, and I and went out around the world. See, that was 1933, and I predicted that, that there would be some great tragedy happen to this United States before or by the year 1977. How many remembers me saying that? Look at the hand. Sure. Well, folks, isn't that amazing? Here's a Mason meeting in Mason Lodge saying that he's a Christian, doing signs and wonders and miracles and all these great things, right? Talking about the Masons, talking about buying a 1933 car, prophesying at the end of the world. That's what he did. The end of the world would come in 1977. It is now 2019. Do you think that according to um, the Old Testament, as it's written, when you take up that shield of faith and take the sword of the Spirit up, do you think for a minute that he, he passes the test of a prophet? Probably not. Let's continue looking at some of his quotes. During a Q&A session, Branham said this, Jeff, Brother Branham, is there anything wrong with belonging to a lodge after we have become Christians, such as the Masons? And Branham said, No, sir, you be a Christian whether you are. I don't care where you are, you can still be a Christian. These quotes are found in the Believing the Sign. I have the, uh, the website address right there on the screen. All I suggest is you pause the video and copy him down at a later date. Yes, Branham, he was a confusing man who died in a car crash after claiming to be a messenger to the church of Laodicea. He brought in the doctrines of demons such as the serpent, serpent seed and many other bad doctrines. When true Holy Spirit and power Christians attended his meetings praying in the back rows, if this is not of you, Jesus, please stop it, and if it is of you, let us know. Immediately after prayer, on every single occasion, it's been documented, every time these people prayed, when this happened, Branham, what would happen? Branham would announce that he could do no miracles as there was a hindrance or something troubling in the air. You might run across people saying they want to have the Branham mantle. They want his anointing. They want his healing angel. Really? I just read you concrete evidence that this guy's a mason. I read you Alice Bailey, who talking about how hell invades the church through deception and brought into the Masons to turn churches into Masonic lodges by the, even the words of Branham himself. What more do you need to wake up? Jack be nimble. Jack be quick. Jack keeps jumping over that candlestick. Well, that old man again reminded the crowd. Jack is teaching you to jump over the candlestick. A pagan fire ritual. Jump into receiving occultic knowledge for blessings, signs, wonders, usages of power and glory. In unison, the crowd shouted, 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 shouted back. You don't know Jack. You don't know Jack. You don't know Jack. He may be flawed, but God uses flawed individuals. How dare you know, condemn Jack, you hypocrite, you sour persimmon Christian, you bigot with your dusty old Bible. You don't use the Bible correctly through new revelations. Yeah, yeah, Brother Branham may be flawed, but God uses flawed individuals. Yeah, Jack may be flawed, but God uses flawed individuals. You heard that, haven't you? Well, I got an answer. That's true. The devil sure knows how to spin truth in order to, to deceive a lie. This is where we need the belt of truth, grounded on what God says is right and wrong and not man. Yes, God uses flawed human beings, and so does the devil. In order to tell who's who, you need to lift 
your well-water shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of don't touch the lord's anointed don't curse the prophet or you'll be toast judge least not you'll be judged no everyone is flawed and god uses the willing despite the flaws it doesn't matter what he did we can keep his doctrine and get rid of his flaws no, or you heard this one, the fiery dart comes, you ain't loving, you ain't loving, you ain't accepting, you judgmental hypocrite. Judge not, judge not. Well, the shield of faith is going to quench all these arguments and high things that exalts themselves against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, just as Second Corinthians 10 verses 1 through 18 says, folks. And I got to tell you, not all of that glitters is gold, as that old uh, proverb says. Both King Saul and King David were flawed men that God used mightily. Let's look at the word of God. Let's put on the belt of truth and put the breastplate of righteousness on. Let's get some righteousness inside of you. Get rid of your trashy thinking here. Both King Saul and King David were flawed men that God used mightily. What's the difference? Let's look. Saul started out okay, but he never repented. He was always proud and he, and he always demanded his own way. He sought mediums. He conjured the dead. He made a wrongful sacrifice and, and vows to the Lord to make himself look more holy and favored than Samuel did. He didn't wait for Samuel. He did it himself to make himself look big in the sight of everybody, right? He didn't like Samuel, the older man. Yes, Saul was flawed. And guess what? He died, never repenting. He died seeking revenge to silence pain of his wounded ego. Now King David, on the other hand, was a man after God's own heart by living a repentant life before God. He learned hard lessons from his flaws and paid dearly for the consequences. You can read about it in the, in, in the Bible. David shouted that he would not touch his persecutor, King Saul, the Lord's anointed man. Instead, David blessed Saul by not slaying him while Saul slept in a cave reminding Saul of this by a spear shoved into the ground next to his head. He taunted Saul. He didn't taunt him to make fun of him, but was trying to bring sanity back into Saul's mind. He rightly judged Saul, but blessed and did not curse. That's why David was a man after God's heart. He wasn't, one that, he wasn't King Saul saying, Touch not the Lord's anointed. I'm the anointed one. Let's get rid of David. Let's get rid of all my uh, enemies. Let's get rid of anybody who disagrees with me. How dare they? I am the anointed of the Lord. Let's send firebolts and, and shoot at them. Jesus says, bless your enemies, right? That's what bless means, right? Bless and do not curse. Jesus says, bless and do not curse. The Bible says, bless, do not curse. King Saul cursed his enemies. King David showed mercy. And that is seeking his salvation. Saul, on the other hand, went went to war against David, hated him, and never and he never and he never repented. How dare King David? How dare that little David touch me? I am the only king here. 